Our gospel lesson for today, the fourth and final Sunday of Advent, comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed by his words and pondered <clears throat> what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. About a week and a half ago, there was an event that happened that gave me, as a pop culture nerd, a lot of joy. <clears throat> In an event held by the Disney Corporation that was actually aimed at all of their shareholders, they made several quite large announcements that, uh, that affected two different realms of pop culture, two different large-scale announcements that brought me a great deal of joy. Now, if you're not familiar, Disney is actually a company that owns uh, both a group called Lucasfilm, which is responsible for the Star Wars franchise, as well as Marvel, which is responsible for, well, the Marvel franchise. <clears throat> and in this event that was aimed at their shareholders, they were sharing, these are our plans. These are the things that are going to happen over the course of the next several years that we are working towards. And in addition to being announced to the shareholders, of course, they also share this information. It goes out wide into the world, causing people who love pop culture, me included, to get really, really happy because there's a whole lot of stuff that's going to be coming down the pipe. Now, of course, there's going to be a whole batch of new movies and TV shows that are coming from Marvel, the, the, the comic book uh, type, the, the, the comic movies and, and shows. All of those stories are going to continue. A lot of it will be on Disney's streamer, but also probably some getting into the movie theaters when, when movies begin to resume again. And then over on the Star Wars side, there's a whole bunch of new, new stuff that's coming down as well, a bunch of new shows that are, are going to be happening on their streaming service. It's, it's wonderful. It's exciting. There's all kinds of, of uh, excitement that's generating around it as, as now we have this new thing that has been promised to us that we are looking forward to in both realms of pop culture. Now, as I say all that, this, this happened about a week and a half ago, but something else happened that made me really, really excited, and it actually happened today as I am, I am recording this. Now, 
the final episode of the Star Wars TV show called The Mandalorian, the final episode of the current season, season two, went live today. And so before I actually came over to the church today, I watched the final episode. And I'm not going to give any spoilers because it's brand new and I'm not going to do that. But at the very, very, very end, they previewed yet another new thing that had not been included in that earlier call. And as I saw this, and I'm like, what is this? What's going on here? And I was texting with a friend of mine who'd already seen the episode even before I did. And he said the same thing. He says, I think we're getting a new show again from this one. And that's what that's going to be. And we're both like, oh, joy. And it gave us a lot of happiness for, for people who love Star Wars. And so now one more thing that has been promised, and it showed up, it was announced in an unexpected way. Now, folks, I'll be honest Star Wars and Marvel and Disney and whatever in the story that I've told has nothing to do with our gospel lesson today beyond that same idea of something has now been promised. It came about in an unexpected way and we are now anticipating it. And that is very fitting for us here at the tail end of the season of Advent. Now, we have been talking about this throughout the course of the previous three weeks of this short Advent season, that during this time, we are looking forward to the celebration of Christ's birth when the Messiah will arrive on earth, the promised Messiah, which of course for us is past tense, and yet every year at this time, we celebrate, we look forward with anticipation, we long for the, the, the fulfillment of God's promises, even if they happen in a way that's unexpected. Today is our final Sunday in this season, and likewise, we have the final story that's leading towards it. And this story called the Annunciation, like I mentioned earlier in the video, this is the time when the angel Gabriel, the herald of God, the voice of God, appears to Mary, this young girl, this young virgin engaged to a man to tell her, you will be the mother of God. This is the story. This is the story that we have featured. Now, here in the earliest chapter of Luke, the first chapter of Luke, there's another similar story, which is the only thing that really begins to point this direction. And it actually sounds very similar to this. About six months before this story happened, the angel Gabriel also appeared to a priest named Zechariah as he was serving in the temple and told him the same, basically the same sort of thing. Greetings, don't be afraid. Your wife is going to have a baby. He will be the forerunner of Christ. But Zechariah is like, um, hey, Mr. Angel, I'm kind of old. My wife is old. My wife is barren. Even though we have prayed for this our entire lives, how can this be? And yet it is. And the angel's like, hey, what God says is going to happen is going to happen, and it's going to happen. And since you questioned it, you're not going to be able to talk until he's born. Well, this child that they're talking about is John the Baptist, who we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. John the Baptist, who is the forerunner of Christ. John the Baptist, whose ministry will point others towards Christ. That annunciation of that birth happened six months before where we pick up today. And it's even referenced when we hear about Elizabeth, who is now six months into her pregnancy. But all of this is unexpected. All of this is is strange. None of this is happening like any of them would have thought. Now, to understand all this, we have to think about what the, the, the Messiah was. The Messiah was the anointed one of God. 
And in their history, in the Jewish history, the anointed one of God was the one anointed to be their leader, usually the kings. And the most famous ones, if we go all the way back about a thousand years before Jesus, we've got King Saul, who was anointed to be the first king. And then we had King David, who's actually referenced. And then we have King Solomon after David. And then it kind of goes on down the line. But the one who's anointed, the anointed one of God, that's literally what Messiah means. And the expectation, the promise that has gone on, not only in their history uh, with God speaking to David, but also through their history of the different prophets who were, were announcing the word of God after that, and even through that whole period of history, over and over again, we continue to hear God's promise that God will send the Messiah. And the, the throne of David will be, continue to be established and will reign forever. We've heard that time and time and time again. But... At this point in history, where we pick up with Mary, those prophets, those, that voice of God, they've been silent for about four centuries. So even though their history continues to reveal this to them, the promise is still there, and they are still waiting with anticipation for the coming Messiah. In their understanding of it, it's been pretty quiet until this moment with Zechariah. And now six months later, the same angel who appeared to Zechariah shows up with Mary, in the totally unexpected place, in the unexpected setting. Everything about this is just unexpected. Mary, she's a young virgin, probably a young teenager. She still lives with her parents. She hasn't even gone into her, her betrothed husband's house, Joseph's house. They're not married yet. They're in a backwater town. And let me tell you, folks, Nazareth, I've been there. Nazareth was this tiny, poor, utterly backwater community. And it was found in a region which was considered also kind of backwater. In a part of the world or part of the Roman Empire that was completely out of, out of the ordinary. It was completely out of the, the limelight. No one really cared. It's just this little thing that's off there. God shows up, or I should say the angel shows up with this message from God to this utterly unexpected person. The lowliest of the low. And let me tell you, Mary would have been the lowliest of the low. And he says, greetings, favored one. God is with you. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he begins to tell her how she will bear in her womb, she will bear the divine one. She will bear the son of God. She will bear the Messiah. Now this is blowing her expectations out of the water. And she's like, how can this be? Just like Zachariah had asked six months earlier, how can this happen? Even though this thing that, that, that we have prayed for forever, it's impossible. My wife is beyond uh, childbearing age and she's barren. And yet God makes the impossible happen. The same sort of thing is happening now because Mary, as a virgin, it's impossible. I know how biology works, folks. And uh, so that doesn't really work very well in order to conceive. And yet with God, all things are possible. And when Mary asks the question, how can this be? That's the promise. It may not happen like you expect. It may not happen like you anticipate. But when God wants to do something, it's going to happen whether we anticipate it, whether we expect it to happen in this way or not. That is the promise that is made to us throughout the course of the scriptures over and over and over again. This utterly unbelievable action of God, that which is divine, God, entering into our reality, not only as the divine being, but as one of us who is both human and divine. 
in this action, which we will celebrate in a few more days at Christmas, in this action, through this young young girl in the middle of, of a setting that no one would expect and no one would anticipate, the lowliest of the lowliest of the low, which we'll find gets even lower when he's actually born in a stable, all of this happens in a way in which that which is divine blesses that which is human to show all of us that the divine not only cares for us, that the divine not only loves us and takes delight in us, but that the divine will be found within us. Now we hear that all of this is happening through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That same Holy Spirit, which hovered over the waters in the beginning and was present and part of the creation of all of this, clear back in Genesis, that same Holy Spirit, which which empowered the, the, the birth of John the Baptist to a woman who was barren. That same Holy Spirit that later would empower him in his ministry that points towards, towards the coming Messiah. That same Holy Spirit that comes upon Mary and somehow conceives Jesus within her. That same Holy Spirit that will rest upon Jesus at his baptism. And that same Holy Spirit that comes upon all of us that is promised to come upon all of us in baptism that Holy Spirit that resides within all of us, folks, this is a reminder to us that that which is divine chooses to reside within each of us. You are a temple of the divine. And that is mind-blowing. Now, as we think about all of this, all which we are about to celebrate at Christmas, all that we do year after year after year, maybe this year it's a little bit harder or maybe it's drastically harder to get ourselves in the mode of anticipating this because of the present state that we find ourselves in. Now, I am coming to you right now through a computer, through the digital realm. I am alone here in the sanctuary as I am saying these words, and we know why because of COVID, because of an ongoing pandemic, one that has been affecting us, at least here in our little corner of the world, for the better part of a year now. And will continue to for a few more months until this vaccine, which now is, is, is beginning to be distributed, is actually widely available and we can get some semblance of safety from this ongoing infection. As I think about the people of our community, and the people that are in all of our orbits, I think by this point, it's safe to say we've all known someone who's been affected if we have not yet been affected ourselves. And we probably all know someone who has lost their lives to it. And because of the unknowns of this virus and the, 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 the ability that it has to spread so easily, we're going through shutdowns, we're going through isolation, we're wearing masks all the time, we have all these different things, and that has resulted for our faith community, just like many faith communities, in moving into an online status, a way of not gathering together, especially now in the winter when it's cold, when we cannot even gather outside like we did through the summer. I've had conversations with many people in recent days about how this is just strange. It doesn't feel like Christmas. It doesn't feel right. We can't gather to, to celebrate this like we feel like we should. And this isn't new for us. The same thing happened last spring when the pandemic was so new and all of a sudden we saw, oh, this is gonna last into April and we're gonna lose Christmas, or not Christmas, we're gonna lose Easter to it. But here's the thing that I've thought about. As we look forward now and we finally have light at the end of this dark tunnel, and yet knowing we still have to get through this tunnel and that tunnel going through it affects us now at Christmas. 
and it affects this time of celebration and it affects the time of the holidays when so many of us want to gather and we want to gather with our loved ones and we want to gather with our faith communities and we want to gather for Christmas parties and we can't do that and it's hard. But here's the thing about this promise of God, the promise of whatever it is that God is up to through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The promise is is that it will happen and nothing is impossible for God, even if it comes about in ways that are unexpected and they don't meet our expectations. Last April, the tomb was still empty, whether we gathered in the sanctuary or not. This coming Thursday, Christmas Eve, Jesus will be born whether we're gathered in this sanctuary or not, because God is not limited. The action of the divine is not limited to us being in a certain building when it happens. God is working in this world in ways that go far beyond our understanding or our ability to comprehend, and they sure don't meet our expectations more often than not. Maybe this year exists as a way to illustrate that for us for us to realize that despite our expectations of what we think is supposed to happen or should happen, God's going to make it happen in the way God chooses, whether we get it or not. So just like Mary says, as she faithfully responds to this mind-blowing news that I can only imagine rocked her world beyond belief, may it be as you have said. May it be what you choose, God. I am your servant, and I thank you that I am included. That same Holy Spirit that we've been talking about, which comes upon each of us in the waters of baptism and empowers us and unites us together as the body of Christ, means that we are included in this. Because that which is divine has made the choice to dwell among us and to reside within each of us. And that is something that we cling to as we continue through this dark tunnel as we continue to long and wait with anticipation for this all to be over and this new thing to emerge again post-COVID. As we celebrate the coming Messiah and the new thing that God is up to, may we live with gratitude and joy and hope and hold on to that in the midst of this time. Amen.